0: hello welcome to apple lawsuit weekly episode 20 the place we talk about the latest apple news of the week so before we get this episode started i'd just like to uh, welcome back praveen to to the podcast so thank you for joining today's episode
1: yeah holan thank you for having me
0: yeah, it's great to have you. Um, I think last time we had you was about ooh, when was it? It's been a while. I know, probably I think Yeah, ago, it has been was a while. It? Yeah, it's been I a think long time. It was time. around Spring Break, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, and we did. Um, yeah, we had like Chris joining. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so to start off with today's, so today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the news, um, basically of this week. Then me and Purvi are gonna be talking about what we love about Apple's, uh. Announcements at WWDC 2019 because we haven't got a chance to talk about that yet. So the first thing we're gonna start off is Apple announces a volunteer recall and replacement program for batteries in certain MacBook Pro units. So basically, um, this was announced. This was just announced recently. So if you haven't heard about this yet, um, Apple just published this announcement. But Apple today has announced a voluntary recall of a limited number of older generation 15-inch MacBook Pro units, which contain bat- which contain a battery that may overheat and pose a safety risk, according to the company. So the units were sold uh, primarily between September 2015 and February 2017, and it can be identified by the serial number. Um... So, Apple's also said that the recall does not affect any other 15-inch MacBook Pro d- units or any other model. Oh, sorry, or any other Mac uh, notebooks. Um, a quote from Apple: "Uh, they says because customer safety is our top priority, Apple is asking customers to stop using the affected 15-inch MacBook Pro units. Customers should visit apple.com/support/15-inch-MacBook-Pro-battery-recall for details on product eligibility." and how to have the battery replaced free of charge. Um, so, Praveen, I know, you have a, I know you have two MacBook Pros, I believe. Um, at least you're using two of them. Uh, are any of these devices... Do you know if any of these devices are affected in any way?
1: Well, actually, the devices that are affected are the older MacBooks, sold between uh, September 2015 and February oh, of yeah. 2017. So, uh, I have uh, the newer MacBooks, so mine aren't affected, but I have a friend... Who uh, recently got one of my old MacBooks, and that was a uh, that was an old uh, 2015, I believe, uh, 15-inch MacBook Pro. He, he bought it from me, and like uh, when I gave it to him, I told him like you know there were lots of battery issues, like it heats up a lot, and the battery doesn't last as long. So I think that could be affected. Uh, the thing is, Apple is known to you know not address an address an issue until after a long time until you know. They like 100% confirm that it's a mistake on their side. So it's not uncommon for, you know, a consumer electronics to have battery issues. So it's good to see that Apple's finally taking steps on trying to recall their, you know, uh, improper electronics. But again, it's long overdue. And uh, another thing is um, the only disadvantage about this would probably be the waiting time. So when you send your computer in, it'll probably take a week or two. We know that they take long times especially. I think um, they're speeding up the process with the newer MacBooks and the keyboard issue. Uh, they're doing it within a day or two, but then this is expected to take a week or two. So especially if you're using the computer for work, it's going to be really hard for you.
0: Right. So I, I'm not, I don't have this issue because I have the MacBook Air 20, uh, early 2014 model. So I don't have that issue, but um, I, am, I am happy Apple's addressing this just because, uh like for people who have like i don't know like like how they determine it i guess i guess it's because of the years produced but i guess it's a it's a really good thing that Apple's stepping up and um acknowledging there there's issues in these devices um i honestly i've i've haven't heard too much about um like i haven't heard too much issues about these older macbook pro uh macbook pro units but i did hear that the batteries do die uh, they can die pretty fast. Um, and they can get pretty hot. It's kind of the same with a lot of Macs. Like, well, like example from my, my MacBook Air. Like when I plug it in, it gets like it, it gets warm, but like it's not like terribly hot. Um, but before that, I had a MacBook Pro 2011, and like oh my god, the metal on the back like almost burned you. I swear, it was like so hot.
1: Yeah, the thing is, even if you have an affected MacBook or you feel that your device is affected, Apple, you know, they have their list of uh, the serial numbers that they deem are worthy for the free replacement. But then uh, if your number isn't on there, you know, it's tough luck. Because uh, we also know like uh, issues regarding, uh, you know, the display, flex gate, and then even the keyboard replacement. Some of the devices mm-hmm. that genuinely face the issue, they don't get the free replacement replacement just because their number isn't listed and you know this is just apple you know taking their slow uh you know process to address an issue and even then they just uh you know they don't look at the consumers that you know have the issue that's still their mistake they just go through the ones that uh they're sure that it's their mistake
0: right um wasn't there an issue you know the keyboard issue on the newer macbook pros um, yeah, the keyboard issue. Were you affected by this issue at all, or no?
1: Yeah, I was affected with uh, the 13-inch uh, MacBook, um, my 13-inch one. That's 2017 model. And, and uh, some of the keys sometimes didn't work, like uh, V, B, and the spacebar, for example. But then, uh, you know, I tried to take it in for a fix. And another, another issue with Apple is, I have a small crack on the bottom of the, the display bezel, like where it says MacBook Pro. So I have a little crack there. And uh, that's that's my mistake, because that was physical damage. What Apple says is they won't replace the keyboard for free unless they fix the display first and I have to pay for the display. So I asked them, like, I don't want to pay $200 you know, $300 for like a little crack that's not even on the glass. It's, it's on the bezel. It's beneath it, oh, wow. right? It's the little metal part. So, you know, I asked them like, yeah, so that sucks. So I asked them if they could still do the keyboard and they're like, uh, no, because when they're getting into the, into the laptop, it shouldn't, uh, you know, it it might break the display completely. So they said that it has to be fixed first before they get into the keyboard. And I think that's absolute, you know, that's absolutely not fair because the display is on the other side. It's on the other segment of the laptop. It has nothing to do with it. It's just Apple, you know, when they give back a product, they want to give it back completely done. They don't want to have any like. They don't want to take a half broken product, fix it a bit, and then give it back. So I kind of understand that, but then it still sucks for people on a budget if they're trying to get something done, which and they don't want to fix anything else that's broken, you know.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, that sucks. You couldn't get it replaced though, the keyboard. Cause it's like it's two separate issues. I guess is my guess is because um. I don't know, maybe, like, lawsuit-wise, they don't want to replace, like, like, they don't want to fix it because of the crack. I'm not sure, like, maybe it's for precaution or something.
1: Yeah, it's probably that and also, you know, the aesthetic factor. They don't want to give back a device with the crack on it. Even though they didn't create the crack and they got it with the crack, they don't want to give it back with the crack. I guess that's it. And I don't really face, like, you know, when... It happens whenever I get the issue. Usually my fix is take a hairdryer, put it on cool, and then just blow some air into the gaps. And then usually it starts working again after like a minute or two, once you press the key. So I guess that works for now. We'll see. You know, eventually if the entire keyboard gets issues and my hairdryer doesn't fix it, <laughs> I'm going to have to change that display to get my keyboard fixed.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um. So we're going to be moving on now. Um. So Apple has finally released iOS 13 beta 2, uh iPadOS 13 beta 2, watchOS 6 beta 2, macOS Catalina beta 2 and tvOS 13 beta 2. Um so they are all now available as an over there update after installing developer profiles from Apple from the Apple developer website. So um I'm actually not beta testing iOS 13 right now because um i don't have any device. I don't have any backup device that can support it But I do plan on installing beta 3 to test on my daily driver um, But I'm gonna wait for the, just for me I'm just gonna wait for the next one just so I can have all those bugs fixed and have really good performance um, But Praveen are you running iOS 13 at all or are gonna wait, are you gonna wait for the public beta or final release?
1: Well, the thing is, I don't have an... Actually, I do have an iOS device. Uh, I use a Samsung as my daily driver. I have an iPhone 7 that I could run uh, iOS 13 on. But the thing is, uh, it's completely... It's a modified, weird iPhone 7. So I probably won't run it. I probably will wait till the final release because I don't want to, you know, uh, ruin my mom's phone, uh, make it unusable by installing iOS 13. I have tried iPadOS, though, but I guess we'll get back to that after we're done talking about iOS
0: yeah we can talk about that later um so uh, yeah i so beta 1 before this you couldn't download it as an OTA over uh, so what OTA means it means over the air and with iOS 13 uh, Apple didn't offer d- a developer beta profile for people to install until beta 2 so it's a lot it's also a lot easier to install ios 13 beta 2 and the reason why they probably did this was because ios 13 beta 1 probably had a lot of bugs and then they wanted to make it a little bit harder for people to get and really make it for developers but that's good that they have beta profiles now so um more people can get their hands on them for the people that run that want to run beta software
1: yeah i still recommend that you know people do not install uh the developer version they would. Will- Wait for the public beta because you know there are so many issues and so many bugs right um but we'll talk about that
0: um so we'll talk about more about ios 13 beta 2 and all the other updates uh, later in today's episode so um just stay tuned for that okay so moving on to the next story apple has partnered with best buy for expanded repairs so apple has basically partnered with um, Best Buy um, and it announced announced the completion of a major expansion of its Apple authorized service network with nearly a thousand Best Buy stores across the U.S. now providing expert service and repairs for Apple products and customers have have, um, even easier and more uh, convenient access to safe and reliable repairs. So a quote from Apple, uh, at Apple we're dedicated to providing the best customer service in the world. Um, said Apple's vice president of AppleCare. If a customer ever needs to repair the products and want to feel confident with those repairs are done safely and correctly, we always look at how we can uh, ex- expand our network of trained technicians, and we're, and we're excited to partner with, Best Buy, with uh, every Best Buy store so it's even easier for our customers to find an authorized repair location near them. So by expanding uh, to every Best Buy store across the United States, Customers in cities, including uh, Yuma, Arizona, uh, sink City, Iowa, Twins Falls, and others, um, will have a more convenient access to Apple repairs. Plus, Best Buy's Geek Squad has nearly 7,600 newly Apple-certified technicians ready to make the same-day iPhone repairs or to service other Apple products. Um, so, my, my, my opinion about this, I think this is a really good thing. So, Apple can... C- so uh, more people can do repairs the correct way in the in the approved way and i say this is very this is a great benefit and a great partnership that apple has done with best buy um praveen what's your thoughts on this
1: yeah i think it's very great too because like as we know in some of the major cities we have multiple apple stores very nearby but then if you look at some other states especially in central america we get a lot of uh we have a lot of states without Uh, You know, a lot of cities without any access to Apple stores, they have to go into, you have to go like entire, you know, counties, uh, you know, entire uh, separate counties just to get in the Apple store. And even then they have to wait again another week or two for repairs. Usually Apple certified technicians in, uh, you know, third party stores, they get repairs done much faster. And, you know, that's a good thing because, uh, you know, Apple takes the time, they send it to their, uh, you know, warehouses, they get it done. But then uh, I think these technicians to get it done in-house which is pretty good too. Uh, One of the worries that I might have is the quality of the repair. Uh, Apple does do a really good job at uh, you know giving out their certification. I have a friend of mine uh, in India. He's actually an Apple certified technician that works for a Apple retailer, a certified retailer. So you know he he told me once about the process and you know all the training that's required and it's really... Be really difficult so i just hope that having all these employees uh certified uh, doesn't reduce the quality of the repair compared to uh you know apple's own servicing
0: right i i agree with you just because um like i do i i did look into i did some research about it like how the process works and it definitely does seem um a, a hard process and you actually have to pay a little bit to do it like they buy like the training materials and like just to take the exam, you have to pay like two. I think a two. I think it's around a thousand to two thousand dollars. I'm not quite sure. Um, but I do know for a fact it, there's fees when doing it if you want to like do it yourself.
1: Yeah, it's really expensive, and uh, in India, especially like that's that's the only thing I know of. But in India, uh, the usually the retailer, the certified retailer, like there's a certified retailer called Imagine, and what they do is, is uh, you know, they pay for all the training material and examination costs. And they sign their employees to a contract, like a, a huge legal binding contract that they have to work with them for at least 10 years. So they can get the investment off, you know, training the employee for certification. So there's a whole lot of legal stuff involved. That's true.
0: Right. But um, yeah, just to wrap the story up, overall, I it's definitely a good thing that Apple has done. And for people, for- people in like in states so example some states in the united states um don't have apple stores so um the states have a best buy no apple stores is very beneficial and instead of shipping it into apple or doing whatever um having that available that like having that available is really good um so now we're going to move on to the next story so apple says that news home stocks and voice memos will see a major improvement We'll see major improvements with upcoming macOS Catalina. Um, so, a report from Nine to Five Mac uh, WWDC earlier this month, Apple has offered more details on its plan to bring iPad apps to the Mac using Project using uh, Project uh, Catalyst and macOS Catalina. So, WWDC 2019 marked Apple's first attempts at porting its own apps to macOS, bringing News, Home, uh, Stocks, and Voice maps to the Mac. Um, so so um basically so Apple around when macOS Catalina is released to the public Apple will have major improvements to the Home News Stocks and Voice Memos app. Um so Perveen are you looking forward to these improvements?
1: Uh I'm looking I'm you know very looking forward to these improvements like by a huge factor. Thing is the Apple News app currently on uh you know macOS um uh, Mojave and even Catalina it, you know, it absolutely sucks. We all know that, like, you know, it basically looks like, you know, just the menu from the bottom taken and put it on the on the, as a sidebar and then just have like a view on the side. Like it's not intuitive at all. It's not very uh, computer like, you know, there's a huge difference between software made for a touchscreen device and software made for something with a keyboard and trackpads. So it just feels, you know, very incomplete. And, you know, hopefully, you know, it's it's good to hear that they're working on, you know, making some changes and fixing that up. The new Reminders app is actually pretty good, but then, uh, you know, still could use some work, and it's good to see that, you know, they're going to do that.
0: Right, I agree with you. So, I, I, I'm, I actually use a, the uh, News app on my Mac, but I don't use it that much. I usually use it more on my phone because I like it better on my phone. Um, but I would say there's definitely room for some improvements, and I'm really looking forward to what the design will look like in... Well, what Apple has changed and the upcoming update um, I, don't, I don't know if this is coming in a future beta But I just read that it'll be coming when macOS kind of lean is, in, is released to the public So we'll see about that Okay, so now we're gonna be talking about um, iCloud.com so there so Apple so, you know, there's a new reminders app correct so basically the new New Reminders app on iCloud.com is coming soon, according to users. So, at Apple's annual WWDC early, earlier this month, Apple uh, they announced iOS 13, iPadOS, uh, macOS Catalina, watchOS 6, and tvOS 13. And then at WWDC, they also announced the revamped uh, Reminders app for iOS and macOS devices with a better way to organize, create, and edit reminders. Um, so other features include the tool toolbar to make it easier to add times, dates, attachments, and more. So now it seems as of Apple's also working on improving and ramping the Reminders app on the, on the iCloud website. When you sign into your account on iCloud.com, you'll see it says coming soon under the Reminders icon. When you click on the icon, you'll see a message saying that the, remi- the new Reminders app on iCloud is coming soon. So, um... I I actually haven't received this report. One of my writers received this report on iCloud.com. Um, maybe there were, maybe it's only for certain accounts. I'm not too sure yet. I'll have to take a look soon. But um, basically, I am look I, w- I am looking forward to seeing the new iCloud. Uh, sorry, the new reminders app coming to iCloud.com. I think that's a really good idea. But and I also think Apple should improve uh, all of their web apps on iCloud.com. Uh, in general, so um, I don't know. It's pretty cool. What do you think, Purvi?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's good that they're you know bringing up some of their uh you know most used iCloud uh you know uh, you know apps that work well with iCloud services um to the the online portal because you know a lot of people with the Windows laptop, for example, if they make a reminder on their phone. They would like to see it, you know, check those reminders, check their calendar or contacts on their Windows device, too. So, you know, what? when you do that, you go to iCloud.com or, um, you know, you go to the iCloud, you know, this, the app on Windows now, the new one. So it's good that they're bringing over reminders. So you know, it's trying to make all these um, different devices, even non-Apple devices, work well together.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I agree with you, man. But I haven't tried the Reminders app yet on on macOS Catalina. And I, I always wanted to use the Reminders app more. And this really got me pumped to just use the new Reminders app. Because it looks amazing. And I really th- feel like I'll be using it more with the next update. So I guess it's good that they updated it. Because it really got my attention for sure. Um, so now in this episode we'll be talking, we're going to be moving on. So now we're going to be talking about what... Uh, what our thoughts are, well, everything announced at WWDC 2019, and we're going to be talking about uh, features in iOS 13, and iPad iOS, and iPad iOS 13, and all the other updates. So, um, Praveen, so can you tell us, what is new in iOS 13?
1: Well, uh, the Photos app is, I would say, my favorite uh, change in iOS 13. We see the uh you know the new interface the how our uh, years and months and days are organized and especially the new photo editor and the video editor is just amazing the ability to just you know color grade your uh videos and rotate them and crop them it's you know it's something that we've wanted for a long time we couldn't even do something as simple as rotate a video sometimes you take it in the wrong orientation you know you want to take something in landscape but then ends up being you know portrait and you know you can't rotate it you need it you know import it you can't even do it in uh, iMovie I guess you have to you know use uh, something like Final Cut and it's, you know it's, it was a headache and now there are so many options and like you know adding filters and all that stuff it's just you know it's really amazing and also dark mode looks uh, uh you know pretty awesome on iOS yeah, 13 dark, you know we're used mode. to the dark yeah like exact seeing dark mode on like, you know, the Mac OS for uh, you know, a year now and now seeing it on iOS thirteen, it's it's you know, it's pretty phenomenal. Hopefully they make uh the Mac OS dark mode as good as uh the dark mode on iOS. Like iOS like it completely blackens out some of the you know the backgrounds on apps. So that doesn't happen on uh Mac OS but then if they can do the same thing it would be pretty awesome because you know it just looks much better. Everything in dark just looks much better.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, I use dark mode all the time on my Mac, and um, if you if you look, Apple has dark mode on TVOS now. They have it on MacOS. They kind of already have it on WatchOS because it's it's just it's dark by default, honestly. Um, and then and then now it's coming to iOS. So, um, dark mode is pretty much available on every Apple prod on all on sorry on all of Apple's uh software. So, um, I think it was it was definitely overdue for Apple to release dark mode for um, for the iPhone. Um, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit, I'll talk about some, some features in uh, uh, tvOS uh, 13. So um, I'll just talk about what my favorite thing is I, I seen that Apple announced for tvOS 13, but my favorite feature is the new control center, number one, and then number two will probably be, um, is uh, user profile switching. I, I, I really think that's a really cool feature uh, especially when you have a family like me that uses uh j- that just has one apple tv and uses it constantly so i really think that's a really cool feature um praveen do you own an apple tv uh
1: i have i used to well you can say i own an apple tv but i don't really use it. it's a pretty old one i think it's uh i think it's the second generation so um uh, you know we don't get tv os for that the, the latest one but then uh, you know, planning on buying an Apple TV soon, and, you know, this new update really, you know, gets you thinking, oh, like, you know, you really need that device now, now that it's so much better, and, you know, especially with, uh, with, you know, having different users for the family, that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, I've been waiting for this feature for a while, just because, like, like, all of my family stuff is, like, in one place now, It'll be kind of divided with their own, like, content, I believe.
1: Um and and it's not just the Apple TV like even HomePod uh recognizes voices and you uh, know right. so I, I it's just amazing I
0: own the HomePod and all my family uses it it's going to be very beneficial to have for me
1: But why do we stop was I supposed to say something?
0: Oh, I guess so. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm
1: sorry.
0: It's okay. I'm I'm already right. in this episode, so okay I'm, I'm i'm a master editor so this, this did not happen
1: <laughs> so okay where, sh- where should we continue from the home pod right
0: yeah so i actually own the home pod and having uh multi-user support on the home pod i really think it's very cool just because because amazon alexa won't have this um and also uh google like i don't believe google's products have this feature either so i think it's really cool that Apple's stepping up in. Uh, doing something pretty unique in the smart speaker world, and it may attract yeah. other users to buy smart speakers.
1: That's true. That's true. The thing is, uh, even we're planning on but getting the the HomePod soon. We uh, we use Sonos uh, speakers around the house, oh, and those are good. Uh, yeah, really good. it's like it's really good. It's um, it's amazing audio quality. You know, it's not a smart speaker, but it works well with Apple Music. Works well with Spotify. The problem is, uh, you know, we we ran into this Wi-Fi. Issue. Now, none of the speakers connect, and you know, I can't update them, they don't show up. I try to reset, they don't, you know, pair. It's just like completely dead, it just keeps blinking red. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing about the HomePod is, I think if you just bring your iPhone close to it, it pairs and connects. Like, it's so seamless yeah, setting no, up and using right. process.
0: It's so easy on the HomePod,
1: the Sonos, so- Sonos, and like with their controller app. You know, it doesn't pair, it doesn't work, it just absolutely sucks. But then, you know, hopefully I can get that fixed. I don't want it to go to waste. Like, you no, know, get that fixed and still, it's not as, it'll never be as, you know, as intuitive or user-friendly as something like, you know, the HomePod.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I My friend owns, I have a friend who owns Sonos um, and it definitely, uh, it definitely does seem a little bit like harder to connect to them. And not as simple as Apple's, but Apple made it super simple and can connect in like less than five seconds now. So I think Apple, I think Apple takes the dub for um, like for first user setup because it's just it's just so fast and it makes it so easy that anyone can pos- like anyone can do it. Um,
1: it's just so user friendly.
0: Right. So I'm gonna, let's move on to Macos Catalina. So I'm gonna talk about my favorite features of Macos Catalina. So I, I'll be honest with you, I really love the new music app. Um, some, just some reason there's something about I just like like I just, I just love the design of it and I kind of like how it's like focused on mostly Apple music and by now you know that iTunes is pretty much dying is slowly dying at this point and the iTunes is getting replaced with the music app. Um, but I just love the new design the music app and um, what else do I like? Oh yeah, I also like the new. Uh, I also like the new other apps like the podcast app and the Apple TV app. Um, but if you're listening to the, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, hey, you can listen to the, you can now listen to the podcast on the podcast app for Mac. Um, but what's your favorite features, Perveen? Because I know you've been testing it for the last few weeks, and so you I, you definitely have, uh, I've, you probably definitely know more about it than I do. So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I've been testing it uh, for, you know, uh, since the first day, uh, you know, the developer beta came out, like, you know, I downloaded it immediately. And there's also a video on the Appelosophy YouTube channel. So, you know, if you head over to the Appelosophy YouTube channel, I've done a complete breakdown of how, you know, the new features are and how they work and everything I was able to test. So you can check that out. But then um, one of the, the, you know, let's just go over some of the my favorite features uh i guess we could start off with uh you know all the new the podcast app the apple tv app the music app they're pretty good uh it's good that you know they've divided and made you know individual apps for each of these unique you know uh services so that's that's a really uh helpful thing and since they've uh you know pretty much killed Mm -hmm. itunes um we, we have that syncing, you know, uh, the syncing of uh, your iOS devices, you know, your iPhone, iPad. That's moved into right. Finder now. So, you know, you connect and, you know, you sh- it shows up in Finder. And you can do all your syncing and, you know, photos and, and backups. And you can all do all that stuff there in Finder. And then uh, also, another thing that we discovered was you know, Dashboard is missing now in Mac OS Catalina. No, it was introduced a long time ago, but I guess really no one really uses that much anyway. So I guess that's not a big deal, right? And then um, the Photos app, the Photos app is uh, redesigned just like uh, you know, the iOS user interface. So, uh, you know, we get all those month and year and daily views.
0: Yeah, I'll have to check it out.
1: Pretty amazing. Yeah, you should, you should check out the photo app. It looks pretty good now. It's actually really fast. The thing is previously, whenever you'd click on a photo, especially if it was like five or 10 megabytes or more, it'll take a second and then it opens up into the full screen. Right. But then now it's really fast. I don't I, They did some optimization and it's really fast. Now the notes app even uh, is uh, a bit tweaked and we get all these gallery views. We can share folders of notes now which is pretty useful, the Reminders app. That's really cool. Yeah, like, that's really cool. Like, you can create a folder, have a few notes on it, and then share it through iCloud, just like how you would share, you know, a photo album, and that's pretty cool. And then Safari. Safari, we know, has a few changes. There's a lot of security uh, features, for example, like, if you're trying to download something for the first time from a website, it'll ask you if you want to allow downloads from that website. And then we have a new uh, start page, which has... uh, These bigger icons and then more bold text just matches iOS. So basically, you can say that, you know, they're bringing the iOS user interface, that language, design language to macOS. And it looks really good, especially on, you know, the bigger MacBooks when you have all these really tiny, uh, you know, text and font sizes. And it just doesn't look as intuitive. And then I've also tried the sidecar feature. I haven't tried it on beta 2 yeah, but I tried it, tried it on the, the first beta and I'm telling you, like, you know, Sidecar is really, really useful. You If you have an iPad and you have a MacBook, that's really all you need. You know, you don't even need a wired connection between the two devices. And I think that's, you know, really helpful because, you know, not, not a lot of people want to spend money on an external monitor. And, you know, if they just have an iPad, they could use that. and. You know, I expected there to be a lot of, you know, lag or some sort of, uh, you know, delay when I'm moving the cursor back and forth. But it seems pretty smooth and, you know, it's all working pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I'm loving Catalina so far. Of course, you know, we don't want anyone to update until the public beta comes out. Like, even on beta 2, the developer beta, there are so many issues. Most of the apps that you download don't work. Like, I couldn't get Skype to work. Uh, I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't get a lot of third party apps to work. So it's best that everyone waits for the public beta,
0: right? And some developers are not like the, or probably at least updates eventually for, for macOS Catalina support. So, um, like, like it is, it is a beta, so there is going to be issues. Um, but yeah, I do, I do agree with Praveen saying that you, d- you should definitely wait for the public beta. Um, because it's a de- it's called a developer beta for a reason. It's meant for developers, not pu- the public. So wait for the public beta. Um so I'll talk about what so the last thing i like to talk about is just what I like in watchOS 6. Um Praveen, you can get your feedback. You can give your input on this too. But for watchOS 6, I'll say I like the new I like some of the new health features it has. Number 1 and number 2, I like how the App Store's coming to the apple watch i think people i think developers been waiting for a long time for the app store to come to the apple watch and um i I like how it's just really basic and what you can install apps without using your phone um i think that's really cool uh what's your favorite features in watch six uh
1: i guess my favorite feature would be the app store too the thing is we know a lot of uh, a lot of apps that were made for uh the Apple Watch and they were actually removed they were pulled back because they didn't work too well but now especially since we have all these uh you know we have all this better processing power on the on the watch itself it makes more sense to have it to give it give it its own uh individual app store so uh that's pretty amazing also i guess i would like uh we have the uh uh features built especially for women uh, to track their menstrual cycle and um, that's even available for women that don't have an Apple watch you can use that on the health app and that's pretty amazing because you know almost half a population you know half a population is women and you know all women go through you know this you know the menstrual cycle so it makes perfect sense you know it's actually long overdue having uh you know this feature available on the Apple Watch, you know, very easy for them to track uh, their cycle. Usually you would have to do this through, you know, third party, third party apps. And, you know, now Apple have done it themselves. And I think, I think that's the biggest takeaway from this. You know, it's the most important thing that they're, you know, focusing on something very important for a huge segment of their, you know, their customer base.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, yeah, I forgot, I almost forgot about that. I really think that is cool too, uh, that they have that. I really feel like a lot of women would be using that feature, um, but yeah. Um, okay, so that's it for this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening, and be sh- you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon on your and also on your Amazon Echo. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, and also Google Podcasts. And if you haven't yet, if you want to read more Apple news, you can visit our website at Applelosy.com, and check it out in- and check out our social media accounts at app on twitter facebook and instagram so uh this is the this is the end of episode 20 and thank you guys for listening and have an awesome week